0: Hello, I'm Brad. And I'm Jason. You are listening to Dice, Dice in in mind. Mind. So we are now, uh, two weeks later, this is the second half of our interview with Jim Johnson, project manager, and uh, puba Extraordinaire for uh modifius star trek adventures line um just to catch you up if you haven't i would strongly suggest you go back and listen to our prior episode which is the intro where we talk a lot about yeah the new
1: upcoming release of the lower deck source book this is this is where we need will whedon to do his ready room red alert oh yeah oh yeah yeah, we should
0: maybe what is it if we use less than 10 seconds of audio it doesn't cost anything from a copyright perspective maybe we could plagiarize for that i probably shouldn't advocate
1: i'm i'm glad recording. we are recording this <laughs> Yes. Yeah. okay so, so moving on <laughs> hey your fault um
0: but um yeah a lot of good info about um lower decks and the and you know and talking if we talk about the entry point to the game yes you know and now coming into this half um there's some interesting topics one of them will will kind of highlight yeah. Um, after this, but I would ask yep. you, as you are listening, think of think of this phrase RPG as lit.
1: Yep. RPGs as literature. This is something you and I have been talking about for quite some time. Emily, Emily, uh, Care Boss, yeah. two episodes ago, really ran with this. But uh, I'll just point out before we transition over to the interview, the second half of the interview, that we. We had the good fortune to reach out to someone like Emily Care Boss because you'll hear toward the end of chatting with Jim. Yep. Uh, he made a comment to the I don't know of, if
0: I don't know if that was on the recording. Though, I'll be honest with you to break the fourth wall here. I think we oh. had that additional I think we had an additional discussion about this after um, we had stopped. I think we covered some of it we
1: did cover some of it. Nope. You're I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. So we didn't realize where he was going when he was talking about this. Uh, and when we, when we pause and we just, cause it's Jim. So we invariably talk for another half an hour. Yeah. Uh, cause the man just apparently never sleeps. Mm-hmm. But You, you are right, Brad. Um, One of his closing comments was, was, well, you know, He just looks as this stuff as literature and you and I just stopped. It's like, well, you and I have been talking about this for about a year. And we thought this sounds really dumb in retrospect. We thought we were the only ones like we probably just enjoy reading what everybody else is playing. And we said that to him and he's like, I don't think so. I think this is an exceptionally common experience and that kind of rocked our worlds.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, and, and, and we had additional discussion about it. And I think this is something that, um, we're going to talk more about in future episodes. Just, and, and thank Jim, thanks to you because, um, you kind of were the burr in the saddle in, you know, that really kind of triggered us saying, okay, we really can run with this as a
1: discussion topic and it's not going to completely bore people. Right, right. It certainly isn't boring us, so you guys are all pretty much just held captive to that. So while you're here and held captive, why don't we go on to part two of our interview with the indomitable Jim Johnson of Star Trek Adventures with Modiphius. Jim Johnson is the author of the Pistols and Pyramids series, the Potomac Shadow series, and other prose fiction series currently under development. He has written sundry other pieces of fiction, including several stories published in the Star Trek universe, and has freelance for pen and paper role-playing game companies, including Modiphius, Star Trek Adventures, Decipher, the Lord of the Rings RPG, and White Wolf, Mage of the Ascension. Jim lives in historic Alexandria, Virginia, with his wife, toddler, and a pair of crazy cats. You brought up a good point that I didn't
0: even think of. Is that because I I've been playing um I, I took a break, but I played online for a lot uh-huh. sto, and I have to imagine, like you said, there are people that wanted to recreate the sto universe on the yeah. desk on on the on the table. Mm-hmm. So wow, I didn't even I didn't even ponder that, Jason. I'll have to go back and take a look because what's nice is you've given us and the team has given us the tools. Oh yeah, to to move into the 25th or if we wanted to play the 32nd century and and play mm-hmm. along with it and mm-hmm. use the tools that are in utopia and all that to create material as we see fit you mm-hmm. know so that's the cool part but yeah. you know for jason and i we have our our pathfinder class science ship jason was just giddy that i'd said that i'd be willing to play a science vessel
1: awesome and yeah uh, yeah and i so, even not
0: picked the name out jace i even not picked um, the name out
1: uh, yeah you you yeah because i'm GMing. so brad got to pick it's 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 setting up well um uh there are several places to go with this and i'm not sure we should um i i uh rem- we'll see what happens uh brad has recently introduced me to the show letter kenny okay uh if, I don't you, know if you've ever seen this. if you haven't if- seen it
2: it's a comedy. it's a comedy series right yes. it's a Canadian, Canadian comedy series, Canadian comedy series. And w- what little I know of it is, is is the the meme character with the really thick glass, right I think I've seen clips of it on YouTube but I have not had a chance to actually watch
1: I've it. Brad's been watching I've I've watched clips um and I will say it's um do not watch with your son no um, I won't watch with my teenagers just because of the, of the language and but it's it's sure. laugh out well, loud really I Chase... up, well because you named your character after one of yeah. the characters um, well I
0: played yeah. off of the name yeah I played off of yeah. the name yeah. yeah but yeah it really just uh just to move past letter Kenny it what's interesting about it is it's it's they spin it as backwoods country Canada mm-hmm. but the politics it's and really the mindset is yeah. so progressive yeah Okay. And, it's and it's such a it's dichotomy loud that loud it's funny. just yeah. it's laugh out loud funny yeah.
1: nice. um
0: but yeah i used i used uh, there's a character on there named squirrely dan and so my <laughs> character's name is dan squirrels
2: yeah and oh, okay. and
0: we, we have the it's, uss superior trail because jason cause, and i we we are you're a hiker i'm a former hiker yeah so, hike the trail um, but
1: but then we realized that that means that brad's also playing lieutenant dan And you're going to suffer for that. You're going to suffer for that every, every time we get online for that. I didn't
0: even think of that. I really didn't. But, but using that character tool, like I said before, that was slick. It was slick. And originally I'm more of the type that want to write it on paper. Yeah. Um, I like the rolling of the dice and the analog component to it. You know, you have your nice pen that you use, Mm -hmm. but I just couldn't get past how quickly it was and how neat it was. Mm to be able to do that online and then use the books as reference yeah. materials. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, kudos on that.
1: Speaking of books, I will say on behalf of the entire fan base, and I'm not, you know, unable to do this, but I'm going to do it anyways, please, please, please come out as quickly as possible with the Picard book or something for the 25th century, because my God, do we want to play there? There's, like you said, there's there's so much there. But I, I am curious, and I, I, I'm, I guess I'm assuming you're going to say, no, you don't but then maybe we've asked you this before, but it seems that the writers, but especially the showrunners and other adjacent producers on some of these shows are more accessible and public about the machinations of these shows than we ever saw before, right? That you see some of the layers of the onion. Assuming you'd even want that access, do you or your writers even, do you ever have access to some of those people just to pick their brains like, hey, what do you think about like you said with Picard, like, I would like to know what's going on with the with the Cardassians post union, mm-hmm. I'd like to know what's happened to Moogie being in charge of the Ferengi right. These are questions and you know, some of these, these people have, they have clearly thought about this and it doesn't make it into the shows. And just just from a sheer writing standpoint i'm curious if there's ever even the potential of access to pick brands
2: um there there probably is i think out of my personal respect to them being busy i just don't yeah, want to be a fanboy and just pepper them with questions that being said though a lot of the a lot of the producers and design team on picard especially um are already very accessible on like social media and twitter yeah, in particular to, to the extent that like um um, um the showrunner uh, terry metallis mm-hmm. uh, was posting a lot on social media during the run of petard season three yeah and and was very open uh, with the uh, as- answering questions and asking uh, fans stuff and uh, doing just a ton of interviews of course that's what you got to do when you're the showrunner you got to do a lot of interviews and he dropped a lot of stuff on social media. I mean, there was just so much stuff on social media that I even couldn't keep track of it all. Yeah. Um, but, but I know that like Mike McMahon posts a lot of stuff about Lord Dex. Uh, Aaron uh, Walt P. Watkins mm-hmm. uh, posts a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. The, the producers of um, Prodigy have posted stuff from time to time. So like you can poke them on on, on Twitter, and you know as long as you're yeah. professional and respectful, they'll, they'll you know give you a little back and forth without breaking breaking too many surprises because yeah, obviously they don't want to they don't want to give stuff away that they're working on. Um, but I think in general, like I, I've just avoided wanting to reach out for that level of detail because mm-hmm. A, I don't want to be spoiled um, yeah. and, and B, you know, it'll come in time. Like it, it's not going to mm-hmm. like we already know working on the RPG that like everything that we write could be completely yeah. deemed irrelevant if they decide to change it in a, in a TV show or something. Yeah, You know, they could, they could what make all the packlets disappear in a heartbeat and say it was oh always just somebody's fever dream. <laughs> and uh and then i'd look at the book and I'm like oh man we wrote so much cool content that the pack like oh well <laughs> you can't you can't stop canon uh but um um that's funny. yeah you know I, I i think we could but uh what we do have access though is we have access to uh, paramount's team mm-hmm. and paramount's uh star trek archive team who are just the most fantastically amazing people in the universe and um when i reach out and say you know hey I just watched Picard season three and there were some absolutely fantastic graphics on screen of like yeah. these great galaxy maps and these great yeah. um, ship schematics and stuff. Like, could you ask the product production team if they could maybe send some high res images our way? That's like, cool. are we allowed to get access to that stuff? And then like a week later, I'll get this big art dump on Dropbox and they'll say, yeah, here you go. Here's the stuff we could throw together. Oh, that's it's so like, cool. that's awesome. ah, like, my, 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 I get the, um, the Roger Rabbit, the giant yeah, eyes, and yeah, cartoon eyes. It's like, oh my God, what did you just send me? And, uh, it's just amazing stuff. And then I can send that to our graphics team and say, look, can you, can you find a way to fit this into the layouts or just yeah. even use it as design inspiration or something? And, and it, so we do have access to like cool stuff like that. But, um, yeah, that's a very long-winded answer to your question. That, uh, no, it's just we, fascinating. T- that's, we, we try not to get into the weeds about like, Oh, well, what's going on on Cardassia or what's going on on, uh, you know, Romulus or whatever. And um, because I don't think they know and I don't think they would yeah. know until they actually get into production of a show yeah. and decide, oh, you know, like, thir- you know, 32nd century discovery. Where the <laughs> hell are they Klingons? <laughs> Where are they? It's like they'll either say, oh, well, we can't tell you yet because you're going to find out. Or they'll say, "Well, we're not going to tell you yet because you, but you'll find out because we have no idea. We haven't even thought of it, <laughs> right?" Yeah, And, that's and, and then It's like, "Oh, you don't even know!" Damn. And then, you know, from my standpoint, anyway, it's like, "Well, you know, Game Master, here's the tools. Go make it up. What are the Klingons yeah. up to? You, you tell mm-hmm. us. It's your game. It's mm-hmm. your story. Like, like, mm-hmm. go be bold, be brave, and uh, and do something amazing with it. Like, it, yes. it looks like what I just told you guys about the 25th century. Like, there are so many plot threads that you can pull on." Yeah. not to even mention the ones that you can dream up on your own because it's all it's all there right it's, it's star trek and it's like there's no shortage of stuff that we can do and uh it's an exciting it's a, i mean that that in particular isn't an exciting canvas because it's so open-ended because like literally you could do anything right like even if you have yeah. the whole the whole political spectrum of like okay mm-hmm. Romulus is gone what yeah. happens to the romulans you could run a whole romulan campaign um, yeah. even without withstanding the Zodbash and the XBs and everything that happened with the card and all that stuff. Yeah. But like the whole Romulan-Riemann thing, what happened with the Romulans and the Remans once Romulus got blown up uh, yeah. after the, the, the supernova? Uh, where are the Klingons? Where are the Klingons up to post-war? Are they still friends with the Federation? Are they That's kind of right. tired with the Federation? Star Trek Online I think did a storyline where the Klingons weren't allies with the Federation anymore. And I don't remember <laughs> how that all worked out, but there was some some tension there. Uh, you know, how's this whole Borg thing shake out? Uh, it feels like the Borg might be kind of done now, but maybe not. Who knows, <laughs> right? Maybe maybe something <laughs> slipped out. <laughs> uh, so there's, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff you can do with it, and uh I think, um, like, I mean, now it feels like the 20th century is a is a fertile ground for storytelling, yeah, in sure. ways that we haven't seen in a while. Uh, of course, that being said, you know, there's still mm-hmm. pockets of canon that haven't really been touched yet, right? Like between Enterprise and Stranger Worlds, that's pretty open. Yep. Like that whole Romulan War thing that didn't happen, that's pretty open. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mm-hmm. whole movie era, like between the end of Star Trek Six yep. and the start of Next Generation, like that whole Lost Era thing, that's all yep. pretty much open season. And then twenty fifth century, all the way out to the 32nd century, that's all a blank slate, um, pretty much. So uh, there's, there's great, uh, of course, Even and then even in any era of play, you can still do your own stories and and have a perfectly uh, satisfying game, even yeah. though you know what canonically. But like what you were saying, Brad. Like if you say, uh, "Let's you know, screw canon. Let's let's just do our own thing." Yeah. Then sure, why not? You know, maybe get into the whole endless uh, uh, what ifs, right? What if the Klingon. Uh, Civil war didn't happen, or what if Gowron didn't rise to power? What if Duras rose to power? What does that mean? And then yeah. you just do what if and extrapolate from there and go off and running. So um, that, that's the nice thing about Star Trek is that we've got a gigantic timeline to play with and mm-hmm. we can do literally anything we want, <laughs> which is kind of cool. <clears throat> we have the tools again.
0: I keep going back to it. We have the tools to do it. Yeah. You know, well,
1: so. and I think I think a bunch of those tools are what you and your team have done with STA. I mean. I I mean, the core rule book is beautiful, but I I think of like the the GM guide and the player's guide. I mean, those are, I mean, that's just, that's just good reading. That's just beautiful writing. That's just like, like, like there's something dumb, but it sticks with me. Like, and I, maybe I've mentioned this before to you. I don't know, but um like when it's you guys actually get into the nitty gritty of like this is what Starfleet Academy is and like like and this these are my words but like this is this is basically the Caltech of the future, right? And that's yeah. like that's my lens. But it's like well that's what was always intimated, but but you know like outside of like novels or whatever which aren't canon, this was never put into words. And you know we we treat SJA as soft canon. Like you said, this is legit until yeah. until they tell us otherwise. Um, but that level of development that you provide it's just Mm -hmm. like like the little bit you've been sharing online uh those those uh, sheets from the proofs for the uh, lower decks book um it's like what you were mentioning earlier first of all i was just delighted to see the packlets i mean that that so could have been ignored but but, but but i mean it because it's like look at the level of detail that's going into this and like Things like you said about like a day in the life of kind of stuff. And you had hinted at that in one of those photos. And it's like, this is the stuff that goes deep, that does allow players or just Trek fans to further immerse in a world because, okay, here's some stuff to think about. That's not tied to like this adventure or this episode or this plot. I just think that's exceptionally cool.
2: Yeah. 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 Again, it it all goes back to uh, what I was saying about how, um, You know, we we, uh, obviously my 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 imperative for every writer is like, okay, you're working on this book. Find ways to pack it full of as as many tools as you possibly can. Plot hooks, tools, ideas, throw all that on the page so that game masters and players can grab literally any sentence out of any book and find something to do with it. Find something amazing to do with it. And um, adding all that level of detail is I mean, obviously, it's super geekery uh to do this but um it just adds all that texture and content like i'm looking at uh i'll tease i'll tease this a little bit so this is chapter two right this is the table of contents for chapter two which is all about starfleet support operations like who who the hell's gonna write a book about starfleet support operations well you know what we are and so this chapter goes into detail and even the font is right (laughs) yeah this is a this is a this is a riff there's that one episode where they were doing like the movie version of lower deck you saw the dramatic dramatic um, 80s uh yes 80s, the tiles and so we went with that for the for the chapter heads
1: Gorgeous.
2: Um but so this chapter covers like like so the cerritos and the california class ships are all about support operations so like you get the frontline ships like the like the enterprise doing all the cool first contact stuff but then who are the schlubs who have to come in behind them that's right to pick up the pieces and do all the politicking and all the diplomacy and the second contacts and the third contacts and like to get everything working like the, yep. the the bureaucracy that comes in, right, to make everything function, and so like, how does all that work? They don't really explore it on the TV show or, or the you know the, the IP all that much, but but we do. <laughs> so we got tons of information in here about support operations. We go into detail about like what's life like as a lower decker, you know, in the sub chapters uh, called swabbing the decks. Like, what are you expected <laughs> to do on a day to day basis? You're doing the scut <laughs> work, You're doing the necessary scut work to keep the ship working, so that the senior staff has a ship that functions to go do the important stuff. Um, We talk about reassignments and transfers. So like, obviously as a a officer, you're going to be, you're going to be probably expected to transfer from place to place because your career will grow and you will get to a point where you're on a ship and your career aspirations, there's nowhere for you to go. So you need to transfer to a different ship Mm -hmm. where you might get reassigned. Maybe you have a particular skill set that your ship is not actively supporting. So they're going to transfer you, or maybe you will ask for a, re- a reassignment. Mm-hmm. So like, how does all that work in a game? How does that work if you're a character? That's, That's worth good. knowing. Yeah. So we, we drop back kind of stuff in, and like, you won't see that in too many other RPGs because it's such a niche thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do talk about, um, you know, promotion as a punishment. We got through go a sidebar <laughs> in there. I just love see, that, that
0: is part. so cool. <laughs> um,
2: we talk about career pathing. We talk about, you know, building your career in Starfleet. Um, it's really cool. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff. It, it, yeah. One of the things I liked about this book, and this was intentional, um, partly because a couple of my writers really pushed me, but because I thought it made sense, is that um, we've we've kind of edged into the into the random table aspect of game mastering.
1: You
2: know, yeah. back into the like the classic '80s when I was D and D game master. Like, I really love random tables, like random encounter tables, just random stuff to happen yep. to help me with my game. And so we started. We dropped in some random tables. And one of my favorites is uh, mandatory bonding time. So if you need, oh if need ideas for your lower deckers <laughs> to find something to do, roll a D20 and grab one of these random mandatory bonding events off of here. Oh and just as an example, um, uh, holodeck theater, like uh, grab your costumes and go play on the holodeck in, in some sort of play or something uh klingon acid rocket concert <laughs> you'll see a klingon acid rock concert right yeah, bang yeah. Um, and then uh, the last one i thought was great was uh making the, <laughs> making the gross fun you know oh my god the yes gruesome grossest job on the ship and find a way to make it fun and interesting That's a team building exercise you i know? cannot so, wait to play um, this oh my god all this random all this random goofy stuff yeah. That is probably going to happen in your game sessions anyway, because like right. inevitably most of my D and D sessions devolved into Monty Python. Yes. And so now Star Trek has their Monty Python in Lower Decks, right? So yeah. you could, if you wanted to, you don't have to, but you could turn all of your Star Trek sessions into a Lower Decks, you know, laugh fest where you're, you're not laughing at the property, but you're laughing. Yeah. You're, you love it so much, you're l- laughing with it. Mm-hmm. And you come up with these absolutely outlandish things. That still fit Star Trek and, and that yeah. it all comes kind of good in the end, but you can just yeah. have to do some ridiculous stuff in your game sessions so that cool. you see on that you see on the screen. So just dropping in all kinds of tools like that. There's just tons of more in the book. I mean, obviously it's a 240-page book. Yeah, that's wonderful. We we had to pack it with stuff beyond just what you saw on the screen. Like sure, we could throw in literally every every character, every ship, every plant, yeah. every creature that you saw on the screen, but that that's just that's a catalog. That's boring. Mm-hmm. Like let's, let's add more meat and cool stuff into it. And so I, I hope uh I, I have to admit though, I, I think I think fans might be saturated because we, we we've been banging out some really good books consistently for a while now. But I think they're still digesting the game master guide and the no. player guide.
1: Uh, yeah, I I don't yeah, I, I don't agree because more. Of what you have <laughs> uh, yeah, we maybe definitely we wanna... should slow down. <laughs> Please don't slow down. no, now, you know. now
2: for, for
0: you and your team's health for the sake of your health if you need to slow down great if yeah. you're worried about us as the us as the consumer
2: yeah
0: no slowdown no.
2: needed <laughs> I I think we can
1: sum it up as thank you sir may I have another yeah um, that's pretty yeah. much it
2: um well, no, I, will, I, serve it up. Yeah, no I I I am
1: curious though on that note from just from again from um a logistics standpoint from a writer from it from an editor and 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 right I mean you're the SDA showrunner um yeah. <clears throat> I, I I know it's not staff per se, but these days, approximately how many writers do you have? I, and I realize they're kind of probably coming in and out sometimes. but but how many writers do you have at this point around sta?
2: Well, I mean, I guess that's that's hard to answer like i I've, I've I know that's probably, not totally fair. I've got like twenty writers that are fairly prolific in yeah, terms okay. of how how often they're and part of it's because they're they're really good at what they do, yep. they're fast, they're accurate, and they're easy to edit, right? The easier they are to edit, yeah, the, right. I mean, obviously just mm-hmm. by the nature of the work, I'm gonna mm-hmm. give them more work because that's less work for me. Right. <laughs> like if yeah. they can if they can get the formatting right, they can get the, the writing right, and like and there's like their manuscripts are like ninety percent there when they give me the draft. I'm like this is this is gonna be easy to edit, as mm-hmm. opposed to the folks that are maybe newer. And it's like, okay, this is gonna take a little bit more work, and that's fine. Uh, so I've got probably 20 to 25 writers that are consistently nice. in the churn. And yeah. I don't mean that in a negative sense, but no, just no. like consistently delivering work. Mm. And then because I I am really intentional about bringing new voices in and, and getting that diversity and inclusion yep. that's so important, now, yep. I probably got another 30 yep. or yep. 50 writers that are doing one-offs. Like they're doing a mission that's brief back, cool. or they're doing a standalone. Or, or some of them are like brand new to writing or brand new to the industry. Um, they may want to just get their feet wet and maybe just write some sidebars, right? So, so oh, you know, interesting. You know, here, you know, yeah, you know, do a do a you know two hundred words worth of sidebars, and I'll just throw them into the book and you know, or find cool. a place. Yeah. it's a, it's a really low 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 risk assignment, really. I mean, yeah. for me, because like if they if they completely botch it, then I'm only out a couple hundred words, and I can go find someone else to bang that out. Yeah. But uh, it gives them an opportunity, and it gives them that first professional yeah. credit. And then they mm. can do it with it as they they can either say, "Oh, you know what? I got my stuff into a Star Trek book. I'm done. I'm happy," or they can say, right. "Well, this is this could be a start, a stepping stone to something to something more." And That's as cool. a, as an editor, you know, as the I mean, I'm not just the project manager. I'm also the editor, so I'm mm-hmm. also like an acquisitions editor in a kind mm-hmm. of a way, where I'm giving yeah. I'm giving people opportunities to pitch and to, yeah. and to get commissions and stuff. So I think I, there's probably sixty or seventy writers in total, like in my orbit. Man. Um, That's and impressive. then we've got I've got a cadre of editors and proofreaders because there's just too yeah. much work for me to do by myself anymore. Oh my god,
1: I, I yeah can't
2: do it. Um, Are you
1: Jim? Are you still doing copy editing?
2: Uh, yeah, I copy edit the big books. Oh my god,
1: uh, okay.
2: It's not so much because I don't want to let go of it. It's because, um, you know, creatively, I've got a specific vision for the line and for each yeah, book. Sure. And and um, also as a freelancer, I've got. I got the time, right? I got I got the ability and the time to to focus on it, to pull it all together, yeah. Get it, get it approved by Paramount, and then and then put the finishing touches on it. And then uh, Ariel, the graphic design or the, the the art director, he manages the most of the artistic side of things. You know, taking my design briefs and my my non artistic yeah. ideas, yeah. and then pulling pulling them together. And then we work together with the graphic designers to actually you know turn it you know to go from a go from a word document. Into something that looks like this, right? I mean, that's 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 incredible, yeah. And um, it's really hard sometimes to like translate what's in our heads into text so that a graphic designer can understand it and then go off and do their amazing work. Uh, So that's 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 a learning curve that we had to you know navigate and 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 worked out. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think I think I've probably got. I mean, between the graphic designers, the freelancers, and the staff, and the editors and proofreaders, and the writers um that's what well, that's close to 100 people and yeah, then and then the artists like i don't even touch the artists right like right. Ariel is completely in charge of that group of people yeah. and he's got at least at least 30 different freelancers that he touches either for wow. one piece or for series of, like we, we we try to give artists like blocks of work like you, you do three nice. commissions or mm-hmm. five commissions but, you know making art takes just as much time as mm-hmm. if not more than to write a manuscript And um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people involved in the, in the whole STA thing, but in terms of like actual getting stuff done, like I'm, I'm the primary belly button for for all of it. I I guess as the project manager. With
0: the, with the art team that you were talking about is this isn't just specific to STA. They are, they are dealing with art from the other game lines as well, or do you kind of have a, a group that's really kind of focused on STA?
2: Uh, so, so Ariel is my art director for Star Trek Adventures, but he's also the art director for a couple of our lines in the company. I think Dune and maybe one other one. I don't remember. Mm, mm, um, okay. So so he's got he's got a lot of work on his plate, of which Star Trek is a portion of it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But that, that is one of his focuses, which is great for me because that means that's just one less hat that I have to wear. Right. right. Yeah. And um, right. which is good. But then the artists, I mean, they're freelancers, right? So they'll they'll work whatever work is available yeah. that that interests them and that they're passionate about. And if uh, Ariel goes to them and says, hey, I've got, you know, three commissions for Star Trek that need to be done. Are you interested? And then three weeks later, he might say, hey, I've got two uh, pieces for Dune that needs to be done. Do you want to do them? That's cool. And so like, he's got he's this, you know, revolving door of freelancers, just like I do for, for writing. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, it's it's a it takes a family right. It takes a family of people to get all this yeah. stuff done, and uh, it's all these different pieces. Like I, I'm project managing the whole thing, but I'm also kind of man, managing the the writer's table. And I don't mean that in a negative sense. It's just mm-hmm. a, the writer's room, I guess I should say, would be the more appropriate. <laughs> well, more
1: appropriate but, term. But, but truly, you
2: managing it, it, the artist in the same respect. yeah.
1: But to the to the notion of the writer's room, that I, I I mean it's and you've mentioned this before, but but maybe not so clearly as as this time. I think it's neat how. How reminiscent it is of you know back in TOS and even TNG and some of the other shows of just the openness to new input, right? The mm-hmm. openness that that because I I, we, I mean we know this about you. You've told us this repeatedly on and offline that that you know you're always looking for writers and that's something that's been a that's been a Trek staple from yeah. from the beginning, right? And I just mm-hmm. think I just think that's really cool. Especially it's just cool, especially right now. Like again, we're recording well in advance um because well well we're 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 a few we're a few weeks a few weeks yeah yeah we're a few weeks before this episode drops and that was very intentional because it coincides very approximately with the the pre-release for the lower decks book but as we're recording the wga strike just started up yeah and um and you know so this this to me right it's still one world this to me is very relevant um, given you, you, you right I mean it's yes you're writing for a different purpose but but nonetheless just just the fact that you know you have this this large quote unquote staff who are necessarily freelancers mm-hmm. right and and these are just that's the world we live in um even around this brilliant creativity whether it's on the page in an sta book whether it's on the screen in a Star Trek uh, content it's its just, it, it just very, very relevant. And so I think it's neat that there's still, I think it's really important that, that you are so open that, I mean, of course you've got the stable writers, as you said, and like, obviously, cause like the same names keep popping up through a lot of these products because they do so well, but mm-hmm. it's so cool that there's still that receptivity given the difficulty is just very, very broadly around this whole industry and the adjacent industries. Cause it's, it's a big deal.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um uh what was i going to say I I really value the uh, the collaborative nature and I think um I, I, again I was always inspired by the um the writing rooms that Star Trek that we knew and loved um growing up when I was reading the writers guides and you know just, just reading the interviews and uh the making of Deep Space 9 by the uh, Judy garfield Reeve student that is that's is yeah. like my that my that's my <laughs> bible Thank of, you, because uh, when
1: we talked to you last time, we we, we went out and bought that thing, <laughs> read it cover to cover, and yeah. you were not you were not overstating it.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's so good, and and like that concept has always stuck with me. I mean, even way back in the way back in the dark ages, when my co GM and I were running our own Star Trek homebrew, like we didn't like any of the systems that were out at the time, so we just made up our own system and just did kind of like a narrative heavy game and just called it good. Um, but like we had that concept in our heads, like we're the directors. But we're also co-writers. We're co-producers. We're doing. We're building these series together, creatively and collaboratively. And even sometimes the players would get involved too, even though they were really more of the type of player who's just happy to show up and play, which is fine, right? Like you got to have players like that. But like he and I were like simpatico. We're like we are going to build this thing. Like we're, we're the Michael, Bur- or we're the Rick Berman and Michael Pillar of this series, and we're doing this thing just like they did it, and it just worked really, really well. And uh, when I kind of stumbled into this role on Star Trek Adventures, I was like, I really want to do that. And it just doesn't it, cool. for a while there it just didn't quite fit because I didn't there, there wasn't another staff member that was that level of yeah. who had the time and the passion to do it. And I was like, well, I've got these writers. And uh, and, and so yeah. over time, like the first couple of books I did, I, I did a really detailed outline with really specific word counts and mm-hmm. really, really got into the weeds into it yeah. and then handed it off to them. And had them basically write to the assignments, right? Which was good, but I really felt that was kind of constraining, right? And so, what I started to do is, I started to experiment and said, okay, I'm going to put this outline together for this, uh, for like this crew pack or whatever. And, uh, but I want your feedback. I want, like, I invited, you know, the four writers I wanted involved in it. I said, okay, here's my notional outline. You, uh, You all know the franchise and the series just as well as I do, if not better. So, like, Help me out, right? Help, like, what details am I missing? What, what other nuances can we add? What, what other things from that totality of that season or that series can we add in here to make this even more robust? You know, given we have a page count and we have a a word count constraints that we can we can only hit to a certain point, and like your overall assignments are only gonna be like you know four thousand words each or whatever, but within those constraints, like go crazy and go, you know, take the outline and go run with it, and kind of lead them to be collaborative and creative with me. And you know, bounce back and forth on email, or bounce back and forth on chat, or whatever. And I've discovered that the more I do that, the better the products are in terms of like a cohesive, like collaborative thing. And I think I enjoy that more than just like dictating to somebody. I want you to write a thousand words on the Klingon Empire, or I want you to write you know two thousand words on you know pack led mating routines or something. And, and it's a, it's, just, it's better when you get the writers <laughs> involved in the outline early on because they get bought into it. And when they see that I'm flexible, like, yeah, or or even like in the middle of a draft, somebody will say, oh, you know, what? I think we really need this NPC in here. And I'd be like, well, yeah, if we can fit within work count, go, go write it. Yeah, go, go, go crazy. And that makes sense. Or they'll say, oh, hey, Jim, I think you missed this. I think we really should have a sidebar about, uh, you know, what does colonar really mean to, to Vulcans? It's like, oh, yeah, we should probably go into some detail on that. And then they'll go, they'll write it and I'll just drop it into the draft and whatever. So. I, I really embrace the collaborative nature, and I think that just ties right into Star Trek, right? The whole teamwork and team building, and we're stronger as a team as opposed to a bunch of individual parts yeah. or whatever. Right? So you're not
0: micromanaging; you're tur- you're in effect that you're turning turning them
2: loose to empower their creativity. I am, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. I, I think it. Pre- I think it, I think the end result speaks for itself. I think um, uh, the Discovery book and the Shackleton book and um, Utopia Planitia were all very collaborative on the back end. Uh, and you know under the or back end under the hood however you want to call it and I think I think that elevates the product and anything I can do to elevate the product whether it's intentional or unintentional is, is going to be a win for fans um so yeah hopefully I hope you can see it let bit. me
0: let me ask a question about um because I think you've kind of and again I don't want to uh, I find this fascinating. I know there are a lot of folks out there that, that are work in the tech world that are, you know, you and I come from project management background Mm -hmm. and, and, and continue to do it. They had, well, Davey said at one point had PM jobs listed online, but Mm -hmm. I don't think people Mm -hmm. necessarily necessarily understand just listening to you talk and having us talked over time and knowing you Mm -hmm. um, that it's not straight PM work. You're not just running, you know, you're not just running in Microsoft project and, drafting timelines and things like that this is a this is a different type of pm work where you're really multifaceted Mm -hmm. um just by the nature of of the ip that you are caretaking Mm -hmm. you know so i just found it because i know because when i saw the post i was like oh i you know and i and it may have been for something different but i'm like oh i know what what someone who's doing that does and you know Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, like, I'm like, ouch! Because I think you carry in the equivalent of like 4.5 FTEs worth of work in your, in your, <laughs> in, your yeah. in your in your in your in your your briefcase or whatever the case is. Yeah, I'm so,
2: a I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a bean counter's dream because I can wear four hat four different hats. I can just put hats from time to time, and you don't have to pay extra benefits or uh, extra time off. High mm-hmm. kind
0: of I mean, output, it, low labor cost, right?
2: Exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah. But uh, no, you're right, and I think uh, I am, I am a, I am an oddball beast in that not only am I the project manager, but I'm also the line editor, right? So, yeah. so that's two full-time jobs in and of itself, and I'm, I'm somehow managing to get all that done uh, to varying degrees of success, I would think. But um, I think that I think that helps. Again, you know, I'm not patting myself on the back. I think that helps to create stronger products because not only am i doing the sausage making in terms of like the bells and whistles and the schedules and the invoices and the contracts and the endless emails but but like all that ties into the the line editing and, and making the the each product more coherent and complete and and uh tied into each other and bringing the teams together and i mean ultimately any projects going to live or die on the team, right? The, yeah. the personalities that you bring in, yeah. can they work with each other? Are there egos involved, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, you get all that worked out and then you got a high functioning team that is performing well and can do stuff, you know, without asking, right? Like if, you know, okay. not that I push them with timelines or anything, but like like certain individuals on my team deliver drafts within a couple of weeks of me getting them an assignment to the point where they're, they are so fast that I don't even look at their stuff for up right. to a month because wow. it's like you're wow. too fast. I can't yeah. even look at your stuff because I'm working on I'm working on three other things that are going to come up before this, and the, which I, you know I'm grateful that they're so speedy and efficient, but it's like it's almost too efficient. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, it's just, you make it all work, and um, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. But so
1: the, well, yeah, I, no,
0: I sent you off on a tangent. It was
1: it was more. What, this is interesting.
0: Fascination. Well, but yeah. but
1: this is I mean it's it's interesting you know talking about the sausage making. With you, yep. especially because this is such right. This is this is such a unique thing. Building these mm-hmm. RPGs and all this. So I have I do have a question because this is this is really dumb and it's in the weeds. But I I've been going through the books and I and this keeps coming up to me. So, um, not like you, but I I write a fair amount in a totally different world, but mm-hmm. a lot of the writing I do is collaborative, right? And and they, boring. Well, that is. A defensible argument. But still, <laughs> but but still, um, and so like, you know, thank God for Google Docs and whatnot. Okay, but when the stuff that I'm writing, it is more or less linear. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. there, there isn't layout. Right. And then I, I I look at well, like we look at that beautiful thing of, of the lower decks campaign guide, okay, there's so much layout, and it is so core. It's fundamental to all of these books, right? It's got to not just be written well, but the layout has to be beautiful. It has to make sense. It has to look track, and it has to be readable. And so from a writer standpoint, and I I know this is really dumb and basic, but we're, we're making a sausage here. So I'm curious, you're like, you see everything, obviously, right? That's not supposed to sound as nefarious as it probably did, but right, you see everything, but you're a writer, so... Like when you're in draft stage, is there any layout or all these? Or is there just just this plethora of documents for these separate pieces? Like I know how I know how I write what I write, and I know I'm very super intentional about everything because otherwise we get lost. Especially I mean it's a book. My God, two hundred forty pages. I mean there's so much there. But yeah. but how do you? behind the scenes i mean especially because you're juggling so many writers giving input on this what what does it look like to you in the process what does it look like to them does that even make sense
2: yeah yeah so um i think um every project begins with an outline right whether 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 it's a high level outline or it's a really detailed outline where i say you know this product is going to have eight chapters here's the eight chapters here's the titles of the chapters Here's what I think some of the sub chapters should be, and then you know I'll do bullet points. You know this chapter mm-hmm. should cover this, this, yeah. and this, and this, this, and this. Maybe a sidebar about this would be really cool. Maybe a NPC here mm-hmm. or there, or whatever. And uh, and then I send that outline to the entire team, the entire team on that book, yep. Wh- whoever's agreed to work on that book, um, or whoever's available and and willing to work on it. Um, I'll send them that entire outline, and uh, mm-hmm. at this point it's a uh, it's on our Google dr- Google Drive, so it's a shared document. And yep. they can go in there and they can pick at it. They can, uh, if they don't already have assignments, you know, maybe somebody will say, "Oh, you know, I'm really passionate about talking sure. about mm-hmm. that element of what do you do when your senior officer dies and then comes back <laughs> unexpectedly? Like, what do you do about that? <laughs> the, the whole Shax thing, right?" And someone says, "Oh, I'm really passionate about that. Can I write that little section or whatever?" Yep. And uh, they all have their word count constraints that they've been contracted to work to work at. But then, you know, we just take that outline and we divide it up and and they go off and yeah. write. Um, so they all see the outline. So they all have the okay. broad strokes of what the book will look like when it's all said and done, but that's really just a starting point. Cause what right. happens then is they all go off and they all write their sections. Right. And I am confident that a lot of them, cause they're all, a lot of them are friends with each other and have are, you know, either professionally or just socially, but like, I'm confident that they are talking to each other without looping yeah, me in. And of course they yeah. don't have to loop me in, but yeah. I'm sure they're sharing drafts sometimes or they're bouncing ideas off of each other yep. and then they're going up and writing their drafts. Um, and then at some point they start sending me all their inputs. And so I'll get, you know, this subchapter and that sub chapter and this chunk of text and that chunk of text. Okay. And, uh, and I'll start compiling all that stuff together into the chapter. So each chapter, you know, whether it's a, you know, 20 page chapter or a hundred page chapter or whatever, right. I'll start pulling those all together into the template uh, that I have, okay. the, 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 the word document template, which Got has the, the headers and the footers and the, and the okay. sidebar layouts, that, so that our graphic designer can take that Word document and mm-hmm. turn it into um, um, InDesign. Uh, but okay. so um, I'm the I'm the one who sees all the pieces come together. Um, and then once everything's together, yeah. you know, I'll do a top-down edit of it, yeah. really detailed, getting into the weeds, track changes, all that stuff. Yep. Um, if there's time, I'll send that compiled draft out to the writers and say, okay, here's the places that you need to tweak or fix or whatever. Yeah um and then they'll do that and then send them and then they'll start they'll start seeing pieces of it coming together
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm
2: -hmm. but uh once i've got the whole book you know in full format um and i've done my top down edit i've gotten all the revisions from the writers uh that goes off to the proofreader. the proofreader is pretty much the second person who sees it from in, in in totality right i'm the first person to see it in totality and then the proofreader sees it in totality um i'll clean it up after that point and then it goes off to paramount for approval Um, and at that point, like none of the writers have seen all of it, right? Because it's just not, Mm -hmm. they they don't need to. I mean, on the rare occasion, somebody will say, Oh, can you send me? I'm really curious about the book, I want to see it, and (laughs) and maybe I'll send it to them. But for the most part, it's uh, we're just off and running, they're off and running to the next thing, right? Right. So they're they're moving on to the next project, and uh, they've done their part on that project. I'm still responsible for you know pulling it together, but um. They don't, most of the time, I'd say probably 95% of the time, they don't see the full product until I send them the comp um, PDF. And then they yeah. finally get their comp, uh, you know, print copy or whatever. Right. Um, and then they're like, ooh, you know, then, then, they, then they, to, <laughs> they they get to see the whole thing because uh, um, it's such a long process. I mean, to do one of these books, yeah. it's usually a year, if not longer, in yeah. terms of like going from outline to, to final, you know, final book in hand yeah. is, that, is a year at a minimum. Ah, uh, the, the PDF releases are much faster, obviously, because we don't have to deal with production and distribution and mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the, that's the, that's just an element of the of the of the mm-hmm. sausage making is that we start with the outline. The outline yeah. gets either super detailed or kind of nebulous, depending on the project and the size of the project. Um, the writers write their bits. I get the bits, put it all together, and then it goes on from there.
1: That um, makes
2: sense. Now, you know, to to the next to the next level, though, as a project manager, right? There's a schedule driving all that, right? Of course, like, I, I've got only so much time to draft it. I've got so much time to edit. I've got so much time to proofread. Mm-hmm. It goes into uh, um, approvals. Paramount has a contracted time. They're supposed to get their stuff reviewed. Sometimes oh, it's shorter, sometimes it's longer, just based on their time frame. Because mm-hmm. uh, the, the review team at Paramount is super busy because they have to approve everything Star Trek. Oh, Not man. Star stuff, but, like, everything. Like, like the books, the, the T-shirts, the novels, right. the... The tchotchkes, the, yeah. the, the cutters, the, the everything Star Trek has to the
0: Legos or the the blue bricks, the,
2: the blue the blue bricks, yeah, exactly. Everything Seriously, yeah. To. And so we're just we're just one of hundreds of licensees, right? <laughs> My God, uh, we just happen to be labor intensive because we drop you know two hundred thousand word manuscripts on them that they have to then read, which and reading reading isn't quick, right? You have to no. you take time to go through it. Um, but uh, jeez. Anyway, so so that project manager perspective, we got the whole Gantt chart and the schedule and all that yeah. stuff that we do on uh, on um, on the software that we have to deal with. And then, uh, can course- I ask
0: real quick, what do you use? Sure. Is it proprietary internal, or do you use like Asana or Monday or something like that? Uh, no, we, more-
2: yeah, we use Monday. Okay, got it. Yeah, we use Monday for for overall good. Like, I think I think that we're still learning. Like That's Monday, right. Monday is super. Monday is supercharged, super powerful, and I. And I don't know that we're necessarily using it to its full potential. Uh, but what we're the way we're using it is is is, is enough. <laughs> we're, we're, we're making yeah. it work for what it is. Um or, or for what we can do with it. We could certainly do more if we had the bandwidth to really truly learn it. Hmm. Um but it, it, it gets the job done. And I can do the the flow charts and I can see the schedule and I and that's enough for me. Like as long as I can see where I am on each project. And I've got my project board and I've got, I can see all 50 projects on there. And you I don't exist to use
0: the tool. The tool exists for you to do the job. That's exactly. always the funny part. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So we, we've made yeah. the tool work for what we needed to do. And that's, and we can add little tweaks to it as needed, but, um, you know, the fact that I can look at it at a glance and, and, and see the status of all my stuff and I can change the status as needed so that the senior team can look at it and go, Oh yeah, looks like everything's on track or, you know, I can, I can raise a red flag if I need to or whatever, but, um, so that, that gets done. Uh of course project management uh you know for those who want to get into it not just for RPGs but just in general it's a uh it's an endless amount of email. <laughs> like I think I send I, I got to send at least 150 emails a day and I'm probably oh getting money back and that, that's daily. I mean, that's. <laughs> it, 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 sometimes it's like petty stuff, right? It's a, it's a writer saying D- how did we decide how did we decide to spell katenga again? Is it two apostrophes <laughs> or one apostrophe? <laughs> is it italics is it not italics or then an an editor will say hey there's a typo in the style guide can you fix that it's like sure we'll fix that so it's like it's like sometimes it's big ticket item emails Mm -hmm. that like really need some focus and then Mm -hmm. and then otherwise it's just like not to say piddly stuff but it's like it's low impact low difficulty type of stuff that is quick to answer but you know if you have a hundred quick to answer emails every day it takes time. time Mm-hmm. this is time That's <laughs> uh, so yeah so it's a project management is a is, is just a ton of email a ton of cat herding and then somewhere in there you get to do fun stuff sometimes depending on the project if you like the project anyway it's um, funny because jason
0: we have we do some operational stuff and how we store these these you know these oh yeah obviously file these zoom th- yeah file yeah. management and yeah. and i have storage and he doesn't so we do some transfers and he's like hey can you can you do some transfers when you have a minute? I I said to him, I go shoot me an email because I treat emails like tasks and mm-hmm. I organize right. that way. So
1: I warned but, him I was going to send him a series of inappropriate emails that he would be obliged to complete <laughs> his tasks. But we'll we'll see how that we goes. We project
0: managers know how to put anything in the dumpster too if it's yeah. if it's called scope creep. And let's be honest, yeah, most everything funny. that Jason sends me is scope creep, time creep, or just he's just playing. That game. is that yeah. is so, fair. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um. After the lower decks book comes out or at whatever point that it's off your hands right like like you you, that doesn't mean you're not going to be worrying about it watching it but when your work is done and it it moves off to the next step do you get any downtime do you I mean is there any any respite before the next big big I know I know you've got tons of projects but is there going to be a a, are you going to have a chance to actually like slow down for a little bit nope (laughs) (laughs) that's easy (laughs) there's
2: no rest i I have been uh, gosh they they made me the project manager in uh 2019 right after gen con Mm because it was the last day at gen con i was like hey i've been working really hard at this for a couple years now with you guys Mm -hmm. as a writer and an editor and kind of like the the backup to the project manager and we knew at the time that the project manager wanted to move on to bigger and better things within the company. Yeah, And I was like, I think you got a potential gap coming up. I think I can, I can get that job done. And they are like, okay. And I think, I think, they, I think the, uh, Sam, the former pro- project manager had already primed the pump. And yeah. so they're like, okay, go, go do it. And, uh, you know, for, you know, if, if you fail then you know, you fail, but mm-hmm. I think since, since August, 2019, I have been full speed on project after project after project, whether it's, um, I mean, I mean it's everything the, the, the Klingon core Rulebook was the first big one. And then right Jeez. after the Klingon core book, it was Shackleton. And then after Shackleton, it was just one thing after another, after another yeah. So, I, I have a constant stream of projects that I'm working on. Um, earlier this year, I even, so last year we were working on a bunch of stuff that came out last year and then we were working on yeah. three, three big print releases for this year. And uh, just through the nature of the schedule wonkiness and, and just all the challenges that are involved in project management and, and like getting stuff done, um, all three of those projects kind of came up about the same time-ish, around October, November-ish. <laughs> so I had just a ton of work on my plate. but uh, And that's when I got the runabout. And I said, I am not going to build this runabout until these three big projects are off my plate. Now, I knew there, there would be other projects to come to replace them, but not quite to the compressed time and intensity that was involved and so lower decks was the first one that's finally done and completely once i hand off the okay once once we hand off the files to the printer like i'm pretty much done like i'm just like okay just let me know when it gets to the warehouse and let me know when it gets to america because then i can get on social media but like once once i've gotten the the designer to deliver the print files to the printer like i'm done like there's not much the, the only thing that's left for me to do is to angst over global distribution and Printing because uh, of course there's nothing I can do at that point. No. Um I'm not going to go fly out and get the get the crate and bring it to America because that's, that's not my 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 wheelhouse. <laughs> um, but so Jim's yeah, on the boat carrying it over. <laughs> so we had we had we had lower decks, uh, big project number two and big project number three all in the same kind of wavelength. Uh, big project number two is now off off to the printer, uh, so that that is pretty much off my plate now as well. And then big project number three uh just started layout so that's that's oh, fun. that's fun and exciting because like the manuscript part of it done is done and that was probably the hardest part and now goes into layout and this is the layout stage is fun for me because this is where i get to see it turn into something other than a word document because now you know project right. number three we've been working on that project for uh about a year mm-hmm. and, and all i've been staring at is word documents for, for yeah. a year and I at, at this point, I mean, even well before this point, I'm sick to death of looking at Word documents. I am ready to see something else. <laughs> yeah. And so now that now that the graphic designer has it, they can work their magic, start yeah. turning it into InDesign. They can start pulling in the art, they can pull in That's the cool. graphics, they can pull in all the design work. And then at some point, you know, in probably a month or six weeks or something, they'll they'll hand me a draft or, or they'll, you know, they'll contact me and say, okay, the draft PDF is up on the on the share mm-hmm. drive, go, you know, mm-hmm. go start checking it out. And and that's where my mind will be blown because because cool. it, it, it happens every time. Like when, when I go from staring at a word document to finally seeing something like this on the screen, yeah, all the color even if it's um, a rough draft, yeah. And they have sections blocked out that they're not sure what they're doing with yet. Right. I can still see it actually becoming a real product, and it's like, oh, right. now now I've got a whole different design angle to it, um, and it gets me all fired up again. Um, but that's a constant cycle. Like I've always got new stuff in the hopper. Yeah. To start working on. So as as one project goes away, there's already something else, you know, to work on. And um, when you that, talk,
0: I mean, when you talk big yeah. project, because sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I no, no, no. Zoom in. me um, independent of big projects, like you were talking about that doesn't include stuff that you might be working on, like, or we're having folks work on like mission briefs, character sheets, things like that. That's a, those are separate work streams from whatever these big projects are, I'm assuming without asking to give anything away i'm just i just want
1: you know
2: you know brad you you know project management right it's it's water it's waterfall right it's like each discrete product right every every mission brief every standalone adventure every other digital product every book is a separate project unto itself with its own work stream and its own schedule and its own budget and its own um um, team freelancers and all that Mm -hmm. stuff and so each of those individual projects are part of the overall Star Trek Adventures project, and so and, and they're all running at different timelines, right? That like none of them are none of them are, I mean it's all simultaneous, but like you know um, the lower decks book was was done in what the end of April. Big project number two is is now in production and uh, is off. But in the meantime, I was working on mission briefs and adventures and yeah. uh, and all this yeah. other other stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like it's just different levels of effort for different yeah. projects. And, and somehow it's just, you know, like I said mm-hmm. earlier, or I guess maybe last episode, depending on how you break this up, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, today just happened to be a good day where I was doing a lot of Modipius work. And um, cool. I think I touched 14 of the projects that I've got on my plate in different levels, right? I, Jeez, I, had, I had to do a final edit on one. I had to, I had to do a final polish on one and then submit it to the Paramount portal. Um, I had I had to um, um, issue purchase orders for a third one because I had five freelancers on on it, and they each need their own purchase order to invoice. And uh, I I guess that's an aspect of project management that we didn't touch on. So you know, in addition to those 150 emails a day, right? When you look at any given project, every person working on that project needs a purchase order and an invoice. And so, so like um, like lower decks is an example. I had um, 10 writers on that, right? Wow. so I, I had 10 writers, two editors, a proofreader, a graphic designer, and um twelve artists. I don't mm. know, something like this. That's what, like that's 40 people. Jeez. And so that's that's 40 invoices. 40. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that has to go into the system. And then I have to get those purchase orders and I have to send out those purchase orders via email to each freelancer to say, mm. hey, here's your invoice, or you know, here's your purchase order, please invoice. And then those invoices come in in drips and drabs because of course everybody wants to be paid. Some people are faster at it than others, and then all those invoices have to get submitted. So there's that whole boring part of uh, yeah. that boring but sorry, part of project but, management is that you know people got to get paid, so you but, have to do the paperwork.
1: Well, I never think getting paid is boring. I will put that out there, but yeah. I I do <laughs> think I mean as someone who's not in project management, right? Like the the most management I do around stuff like that is it's it's so much simpler um but it's it's truly interesting i mean there's an art and a science to all of this and i mean i obviously you know we geek out about the writing and the art and the creativity but this is an aspect like you said that is behind the scenes but it's arguably equally important and it is truly intriguing in its own right yeah the
0: whole operational that's overhead that i don't and and even me listening to you talk about it i mean you're editing books and you're doing all this other work. There's, it's a lot of stuff that, that mm-hmm. even I, with my background, don't ever necessarily even think about that. Yeah. You have to, handle. so, yeah. um, and like you said, each one is a project, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's a, a, a PDF only or whatever the case is. Right.
1: So, okay. So then um, to check my understanding of this, so then big project number two, you said is off to the printer. Yep. So then, then you're again, other than the angst, you're done with that, right? That's that's where that hands over.
2: Yeah, All, okay. the the vast majority of my angst about that one is is now behind me. And, oh, good. Uh, okay, for, for good or ill, the, <laughs> because, you know, like I mean, like 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 a lot of projects, like at a certain point, you have to get it out the door, and you can't butts with it anymore. It, it's got to become a thing, and if it's got some warts in it, that's fine. You know, typos happen, little errors happen, but you try not to okay. think about it. And you hope is that you hope that it's as good as you can make it, yeah. and then you send it off into the world. And then inevitably, the fans will say, well, oh, you, you got a typo on page sixty-three, and you got this thing wrong on this page." It's like that's okay. Congratulations, you found it. We, we left it there for you to find. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: but I mean, we've said this before. We've said this. Got talking to a lot of people on this podcast that that what you all put out. I mean, the Star Trek Adventures products are so well proofed i mean let's be honest there's there's a but it's but it's gorgeous and we've talked about this with some of the people who've worked with you i mean i mean we we're we're intrigued by a number of games by a number of genres and there's a spectrum you know you've got some super creative stuff out there that is just poorly proofread right it's Mm -hmm. inexcusable that there should be right you spend that much time on something it, it it shouldn't be like I don't know if this says something good or bad about me actually i'm pretty sure i know but but like when i read. Oh, i'm pretty sure too yeah I, I i'm sure but like when i read and I, almost everything i read is nonfiction, and so like when i read i like take notice of how far into the book do i get before the first typo right mm-hmm. and like if i can get a couple hundred pages i'm like well that's incredible but with mm-hmm. a lot of the rpg material out there you you don't get a couple hundred pages in right but with with what you guys put out I mean it's it's so clean It just the the errors are almost non-existent which Mm -hmm. which just kind of blows my mind because I can't i mean, well copy editing sounds just abysmal in the best situation but I can't imagine doing something like that with material like this because of its nature that just that's Mm -hmm. a special skill it's got to be
2: yeah yeah, yeah, and, well, I'm gratified to hear hear you say that. So, thank you very much for that. I'll I'll give that to the team and, and uh, make sure that you know that the work that we do is is appreciated and noticed. So that's that's oh, awesome. Uh, but yeah, copy editing is a is a skill unto itself, and uh, fortunately, I've, I've got that skill from my my background and my professional career. Back in the day, in my in, you know, I went to school and got a degree in uh, English nonfiction writing and editing. So that that was mm-hmm. my professional direction for good or ill. Like, who wants to do that for a living? But if you're detail oriented like that's where it is right and, and i've just got that ability to focus i have, know, you know uh, some somewhere on the autism spectrum or adhd or whatever but like the ability to hyper-focus that's and cool. find those little super super detailed things is is a blessing and a curse yeah um to where sometimes i can't read for pleasure sometimes because the typos smack me in the head and i i, get, I can't get past it mm-hmm. uh, sometimes but um but i've i've learned by working on star trek adventures or working in this kind of environment, like you have to let go at some point And you yeah. can't, like, I, I do have a checklist. I have a checklist that I go through for every book, every product. It's like, did you check the headings? Did you check the footers? Did you check the the um, the subheadings? Did you check the end of every paragraph that ends with a period, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just all these little super tiny details. That yes, but it matters. Years doing this is like, oh shit, I missed that. I missed that. Uh, You know, page numbers, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, once you are an editor and you work on that checklist, it, it's easier to do multiple passes through a PDF or through a Word document because uh, you know what you're looking for. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I mean, there's just a lot of detail. There There, there are, and this is not going to surprise anybody who, who knows anything about putting a product or a project together, is like there are probably thousands of hours of effort behind the scenes that goes into making one of these books that literally nobody sees or has any concept of unless they've gone into the, weeds themselves on a, on even a small project um or or has worked in project management like you have Brad um but Jason I mean you should you've got, you've got related re- relevant related yeah you do people. it yeah um so like so like when, when a fan says oh you got a typo on page 63 it's like yeah okay yeah I, I'm sure we do I'm sure there's more if you spend some time looking at that I'm sure you'll find more mm-hmm. but if you think about a book right like a 240 page book you're talking 140 150,000 words. Okay. And then you think you think of that sheer number of words, how many punctuation marks are in that in that book? How many periods? How many commas? How many quotation marks? How many things? Yep. How yep. many graphical textual elements are in that book? Every yep. single one of which is a potential for a typo. So like yeah. of all those hundreds of thousands of characters that are in a book, and then you add in the graphical elements and the headers and the footers and all that stuff. Like if you have a even a 1% error rate in a book, you're doing pretty great. Yeah. Like I, I don't remember what the latest percentage is in the professional world, but I think like professional nonfiction editing and writing and proofreading, I think the big houses shoot for like a three to five percent error rate and they're wow. big honking like 300 hundred, five hundred page nonfiction books or something. Five okay. percent might be high. But even like a three percent error rate is like if you're doing that, that's pretty freaking amazing. Okay. Given the amount of stuff that's in a book. And if I can, if I can, you know, publish a 240 page RPG book that has like 1% error rate, I, I that's a gold
1: star for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah it is. Like,
2: totally. There are no awards for, for good editing for RPG books. Like nobody cares. <laughs> oh, you're I, I, them, yeah. So I, yeah.
1: I don't agree. I think, I think the whole readership cares when you can read through something that's super clean and doesn't attract That matters.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: i will say you know as yeah. we as we wrap up here it yeah. you know thank you again and thank the team oh, yeah. for everything you all do yeah. i jason i go back to this idea of rpg as lit and as yep. literature mm-hmm. yeah. and yep. all this material shackleton utopia we read oh. we haven't yeah. we jokingly we've we've read the material <sighs> mm-hmm. tons now we're getting a chance finally to have some time to play yep um yeah. But we read it, you know, and I Mm -hmm. have obviously the PDFs. We talk, Mm. you know, when you guys, you guys on occasion issue an errata, I have the, you know, the errata docs, you guys are really good at PDFs, but really for all of us, especially now, as we talk about this, this golden age of Trek plus um, having all this material and the tool sets for us to even play outside of what you've already provided. um, Thank you. And obviously I, I'm not going to ask you to come again because you will. (laughs) <laughs> and because we're going to ask you, so we know you well, Jason's already working yeah. on the smoking jacket. I am jacket. thinking or- of a smoking
1: jacket. I have some ideas. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, and it I... can't,
0: Jason, it can't be one of those, like, like you go to Amazon and get like the one you put on a poodle. This has got to be something, you know,
1: I have it's, uh, it's I'm not going to promise it's going to match Jim's hat. Okay, um, but don't. but but <laughs> I, I wait, wait, it's gonna come with the requirement we'll see you wearing this at the next con, right? But, yeah, um, oh, yeah, yeah, but no, no, no yeah, definitely. Number five, the, uh, we no, might, no, you, might get, you might get, you might get number
0: three because Jason, I'll be number one in the preview. You might get the number three Dyson mine t shirt.
1: Uh, oh, <laughs> no, 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 we're gonna <laughs> okay, send him something yeah. of value, yeah, okay. <laughs> Ouch. Oh,
0: <there> <laughs> well, hey, thanks, thanks again. There's oh, stuff so that much, we haven't yeah. even talked about that we're gonna have yeah. to have you back and talk about again. And it sounds to me like there will be things that, that we'll be hearing about, you know, throughout the year and yeah. into 2024 that you'll have to have you come back for. So mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. very excited for, for lower decks. You've already teased yeah. the idea that there's always that potential. We'll see that yeah. in in Q3. Um, yeah. you know, whether it, but even even we'll have the PDF ahead of time, so we'll yeah. be able to start. Why, you know, and to so. watch
1: the videos that you and Mike are going to put out about playing yep. in lower decks, right? That is, that's. I mean, I, I think I, I think our listeners probably know, but what continuing conversations. And I, I usually do podcasts, not not YouTube, just because that I like that. But but the stuff that that you guys talk about, the people you talk to, the resources. I mean, it is just a phenomenal resource, um, both for play and just. Well, I guess play but but it's just it's it's so useful so yeah looking forward to, to seeing okay. those videos and getting kind of helping to get the the vibe of how this was imagined so that we can play in a lower decks kind of style
2: you yeah, know we, we are on podcast too it's not just video but uh, yeah. I, I don't even remember where you, i i think uh studio tembo is the mm-hmm. one who managed. Mm-hmm. And I think he's gotten us on all whatever. You're everywhere. Yeah. yeah, you're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I just like you listening have to, to the watch podcast. You know, don't yeah. watch. Don't watch the videos. You know who wants to watch us go go on for an hour. <laughs> yeah you just listen to
1: it but
0: uh you guys can um, get away with it. jason yeah. and i i have said this a million times uh-huh. we have faces made for radio it,
1: it, so, but yeah. it is funny you know, though i mean because you, you guys really do get excited i mean especially well, mike like yeah. he just looks perpetually enthused so it is
2: michael's yeah. very excited yeah, yeah. yeah and we that's just that's do, cool. we just get like i mean it's like you guys i mean even uh, to a lower level because you you guys are finding ways to get just some really a-list talent on here to talk We've with been you lucky. you guys just do an amazing work yeah. Every time you do an episode, I, I'm so impressed.
1: Um, really appreciate like,
2: that. Like, Jim. like I said, like why are you having me on when you've got these other great? People oh, on? please! No. Are you kidding? But
0: uh, one, we, we appreciate that, and two, don't undersell. Your, don't, mm, don't. Oh undersell my God! Yourself. No, no thanks, we thanks, love too,
1: talking to you.
2: Appreciate that. Cool. Um, but like, just like as the Star Trek Adventures circle continues to expand, and like mm. we keep pulling people into our orbit, like Thomas Maroney and Jody Hauser yeah. and Jackson Lansing, and yeah. and uh, I've even got you know Doctor Aaron McDonald writing for me now and uh oh. Jesse Jester, like, oh, these people are out there okay. writing
1: for me just have of course to we're say, gonna get them on the show. everyone knows this but is that a teaser that you got uh, because we've had her on. The show. yeah i guess it is yeah and so <laughs> so i'm glad i didn't ask that question before um uh erin is awesome she is just yeah. a, a heck of a person yours oh i'm Super so glad amazing. to hear that oh my god yeah.
0: she will be i mean everyone that 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 all this material is phenomenal it'll be fascinating to see what what comes from your collaboration with her? So yeah. we had well, a real, it was a real treat is, to have her on. This the show. is Star
1: Trek, though, right? I mean, to your mm-hmm. point, yes. I mean, Star-like. this pulls for this exactly, right? right. Yep. So cool to see you guys. Jim, thank you so much. It is just always a pleasure hanging out with you. Yeah,
2: yeah, Jason, Brad, thank you so much for everything you do for the, not just the industry, but for Star Trek and just in general. You guys are doing amazing work, so keep it up.
0: You know, I, again, um, can't thank Jim enough for taking the time with us. Um, and even yeah. um, after we recorded this, I think Jim did his, uh, his, like his update, his, uh, was it out on Twitch or was it YouTube? We watched it, the update on the Star Trek system.
1: Yeah. And yeah,
0: even very graciously called us out there for a second. Thank you so, so
1: much for that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and I, lis- I listened to it just because I get information from that, even with us having him on the show um, hey that
1: makes dyson mind uh uh it, that makes us sta canon right oh sure okay <laughs> we'll go with it
0: <laughs> go with it jim I, if you're listening to that you can you can you can respond back and yeah and jim that if
1: if if uh if any of your writers need uh, uh an npc uh i would strongly recommend brad's lieutenant who's a science officer we can talk more (laughs) offline (laughs) it's great
0: um yeah because there's well i think we've talked about it there's there's i think we talked about this in another episode too where um i reference there's a lot of references to a show that we watch called actually okay
1: okay so i'm I'm gonna just totally waylay us yeah this is the first time i've ever had this thought but i'm kind of i just (laughs) okay just run this with me how cool would it be? And I, I don't actually mean this rhetorical. I'm actually putting a question mark after this. <laughs>
0: okay, okay.
1: because uh, our wives would be like, "Not at all. no. And please stop talking to us.
0: Yeah. Um, or, or about us on the podcast
1: right right. Oh, oh, if they only knew, yeah, um, that we keep telling people they have better judgment. <laughs> but but really, how 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 cool would this be? Can you imagine there being an NPC in Star Trek Adventures? with your name like int- intentionally like because of you like there would be a brad brown as like an officer on one of the ships or whatever like well that. it'd be
0: cool but i can think of probably 99 percent of the population that would probably be better you know further ahead in line than me for having one but I'm, wouldn't it but, but i get not, it I, yeah
1: i, and, I and get it god forbid, they would actually be based on our real characteristics. Yeah.
0: Oh God, we'd be, we would be one of those characters that had the the the. They would, we would have the red.
1: Yeah, it. Someone grabs the sheet. They're like, "Well, wait, this can't be right." Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, that's gonna be that's gonna be the first NPC that gets killed yeah. off.
1: Yeah. So yeah, <clears throat> the whole whole cadre of red shirts. Um, okay. So sorry, I didn't quite know great. how to react
0: to that because because yeah. normally when you're when you when you, you had a when little you...
1: bit of fear in your eyes. Honestly, I did when I because when that. you
0: preface when you preface things the way you just did, yes, nothing good comes from that for me.
1: I think Ever. it would be no. I think it would. Be, well, it's like so. It's so like I was Riker, a bit surprised. Yeah, it, it was benign. Hard, fair enough. It was benign. It was benign. Yeah. It was benign. yeah.
0: But I was I was not expecting that. I was fearful. Um, I
1: mean, who wouldn't want to play
0: Brad Brown? I I guess. I mean, I'll be quite honest with you. I don't have it in front of me, but I've told you, and I think I've mentioned on here, I play. Um, I'll roll dice for sports games. Yeah. Um, there are a couple companies out there for the very few of you that might be interested. There's one called Stratomatic, and Stratomatic you you they create a card for each major league baseball player um with in effect a system on the card that if you rolled it the stats for that player would be almost completely accurate to how they really played so um, oh wow and i actually and i actually have a card made i had a card made that was me so i could play oh, in that universe okay. so I i've had I think it would
1: be awesome to have a have an NPC after me, but I can tell you which stats really could be improved upon.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's be honest with you. If I were to, like for the baseball game, you could guess that my stolen base count and my speed
1: are probably not like I mean, top notch. even I run and- faster than you. Yeah. Do you want to really not, talk about running? Not what, not <laughs> elegantly. Okay, okay.
0: And I would dispute one: you're not elegant, and two: I could run faster than you. I guarantee and, it.
1: Yeah, I doubt it. And. In fairness, that video you saw so many years ago—I was carrying a large tripod at the time. No, you were not.
0: Oh, wasn't I? No, and one. Oh, that's it wasn't a video you I watched. It was the video I created oh, that's because worse. you and I were out. I'm
1: confabulating. In... I'm conflating two memories. Yeah, you're. Oh, yeah. This was when we were in oh. Phoenix. Yeah, for... let us not talk of this further. Yeah, well, okay. because because I'm actually thinking of my Tucson trip, the within like a year of it. That's why
0: oh yeah that's different, why okay. different.
1: yeah very different. oh i remember now yes let us not speak of this
0: yeah we'll move you brought it up but we'll move on i'll give you that i'll
1: give you a free yeah beat. that was that's on me so going back to 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 jim johnson and star trek Adventures, sorry
0: that just Oh, well, we original pretty much purpose. we pretty much sullied this whole episode by yeah, completely really. going off on a weird tangent right. but,
1: jim has gotta stop um, loving it <laughs>
0: yeah, <pretty much. laughs> i will say though and i mentioned this i believe in the episode um I love reading the Star Trek, the, the Star Trek adventures books like books, like books. Yes. You know, and I do that with a lot of material. I do that. You know, I recently did it with the spell jammer books for D and D that they just came out with more recently. Yep. Um, I'm we'll talk about what I'm reading now in jam corner later. Um, yep. but I love, I mean, first of all, utopia Planitia. I love that book with all the oh. starships and everything. Oh, yeah. Um, and the, the carryovers and some of the bleeding in from STO and everything. I just yep. I mean,
1: you know, and, and the, the GM guide and the players guide are I think exceptionally good literature yes. in the game. However, before we transition here to, to start to wrap the episode, um I wanna call out something that we've been we've been really thinking strongly lately as as we've been moving through a couple of the published adventures. Yeah, I, know where you're, I know where you're going. You know where I'm going. With this. Yes. Um and I say this because I've been GMing these first couple, right? Yeah. We um we we played, we did we just uh, a duet with me GMing. He was a PC. We did uh what is it? A Star Beyond the Stars. Yep. Uh a Star Beyond Stars. Sorry if I'm goofing that up. And um and but modified that, a bit but modified absolutely we homebrewed a bit uh, absolutely yeah. wanted to want to bring it a little more in line with a few not the plot at all with no. a few of the the nouns if you will with a few yep. of the specifics that I thought would resonate more with you and your interest in Trek yep and and what stood out to me was just how well it was written how much I enjoyed just reading to the adventure and and now we are playing lurkers right mm-hmm. the first one uh first uh adventure published out by Modiphius for uh lower decks and it's a totally different feel and in its lower decks and it's just as good of a read not to mention a play
0: and and what's what's so interesting is is the all this material yes there are people that write in you know there are a lot of different people writing a lot of different material in that in the in the sta world um yeah all of it you know you go and read i go and i was rereading shackleton recently yeah um you read these mission briefs and you know me i'm a i'm a hoarder and i actually i think i have the whole library of all of them i think Um, you might i think i might um pdf as pdfs and i've printed some out yeah all of that is just the way they write them the way that it, they you know the way that all these people use the same kind of recipe
1: yeah
0: um everyone has their own little elbow mark on yeah. it but it, they're just uh, it's fun to read them they, independent of whether we game them or not
1: they all feel like an actual episode of trek yeah and they all read like lit So I a hundred percent agree with you. They are worth reading on their own merit.
0: Before we, before we jump over, isn't it, or isn't it funny though? You said something to me because I don't remember what I actually was doing in the, in the game at the time, but I think I, I don't know if I called out or if I, I I, I don't remember I was issuing an order because I was playing a Lieutenant, but I was the leader of an away mission. Yep. Um, And you said wow that you sounded just like you were on an episode of trek
1: um yeah that i can't remember i can't can't remember remember what what it was right you didn't really it's not it's not what you said is so much yes i i remember the moment though it was it was so in keeping with the story and that was because the the writing and the crafting of the story put you so much into it that Mm -hmm. you were just you were just there, and it really flowed. I like. I think if I recall, I stopped. You did the game for a moment. I'm like, Do you know what just happened? It's like that. That literally was. You were in that's it. That's
0: that's exactly what you did, and and that still resonates. I cannot even remember what it was. I think it was literally. It was. I was, I was hailing the ship, I think, or something like that. Yes,
1: or, yes. It was. It was not a mundane. It was a mundane thing. but yeah. It's like. The, and this that has never happened for us before not no. with Pathfinder D&D no, not with anything as much as we have loved some of these other games yeah um the and, and part of it's probably just our deep familiarity with trek but yeah. still um that is the first time where i think either of us not to mention both of us felt like we were truly in world yeah that was pretty cool. So really looking forward to our next session. We'll get that on the on the calendar soon. Why don't
0: we now um jump over to the GM quarter? Because I am curious. I talked a little bit last week about or last episode about what's been on my deck on my desk. And there's yeah. more to come on that. But yeah, you're in this you're in this period now where you have a little bit of extra time as opposed to, and I say that comparatively compared to a school year well
1: there's no comparatively about it i have a ton of time right now my classes as we're recording my classes don't start until uh until the end of the week and uh but i know you still
0: are you you are still writing let's be honest i'm I'm gonna bring it up the pre-order is out
1: yes yes it is for your
0: book yep um and it's posted out on twitter name of the book again
1: uh leadership in star trek colon lessons from the captain's chair we'll we'll post the link in the show notes
0: yes by you and 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 aaron of the podcast, peterson dr aaron, aaron peterson.
1: peterson yep
0: so that you're already working on am i spoiling it by saying you're working no, on you, no we're,
1: we're deeply in i mean our editor doesn't know but i i'm yeah. fairly confident right she doesn't listen although she's pretty geeky and i like that um yeah. uh we are i bring that actually, up
0: because that's something you are working on this we're summer. four
1: chapters into a second book yeah yeah and uh and i spent the start of of break writing daily again felt great um the second book is a much more difficult book to write than the first because it's a totally different still on on trek and leadership but it's a totally different book i got it to where i wanted to go and then i thought okay now i am going to take a month or two off from writing uh, writing uh, from serious writing yeah uh and um and just let things be. That's just where I, I can do that right now, and it's important to recharge.
0: Yeah. And so, with you doing that, um, you know, we've had some writing projects we've wanted. We've kind of just said we're going to play now, and we're going to take some of this other stuff and just yep. temporarily set it aside. Yep. But there are some things that are on your desk that haven't you haven't had time to put on your
1: desk. Well, and that. you know, I I am I have intentionally prohibited myself from thinking about writing in star trek for that reason i want to take some time and some space and i want to play and like you had said to me on the phone the other night just a day or two ago maybe yesterday uh we are going to be in so much better of a position to do this well yes because we're playing i mean duh now speaking of playing for the gm corner so last night, as you know, I was reading through the rules digest, which I cannot recommend enough. Don't get me wrong. I, I think you still definitely should should start with the core rule book. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. It's well worth the read. But the rules digest I'm finding is becoming indispensable. Now.
0: Oh, as a gamer, that is a, as phenomenal a gamer. As a GM. Point.
1: yep. Yeah. As a GM. Now here's what, what stopped me though. Uh, they have a one page synopsis of the character creation process, and you had I know said where you're to gonna me, do this. Yep, th- I'm setting you up in a moment. Yeah, I'll just wrap up on my bit here by saying, uh, you had you had texted me like, uh, I don't even know if it was today or yesterday, it was like, like two days ago. Okay, two days ago. Okay, yeah, so you, you planted the seed. Thanks, of yeah. you know, we we still are two or three sessions away from being done with lurkers that i'm jamming for you and you're like i you're like you me i should work on generating my pc along the way so that when you finish playing through lurkers we switch and we're just ready for you to gm the next adventure and it's like oh that's a great idea and so i thought okay so we we have to get that in the calendar obviously but Uh, I was then flipping last night through the rules digest and they had it as a page. They they go into detail, but I'd not seen it really before or read it before as a synopsis and I'm reading it. And it's like, okay, I knew this was cool. And I remember doing this online with you for your character creation, but you were having some bandwidth issues. So we had to, you had to turn your monitor off. So I read this list and I'm like, Oh, this is so cool now i'm gonna pause there and i'm going to ask you to wrap us up by asking has character creation lately been on your mind for chance ah
0: oh you're such a smarty pants um amongst other things yeah so
1: those are the ones we can say on here
0: yeah yeah exactly i i it's no secret that we are not like uber experts in the gaming world we that's why we have people on the show like jim johnson and malcolm shepard from green ronin and all these other folks that have been writers and i'm and i'm and i'm I, i could go for hours talking about all the all these folks that have been on who are who are pundits in the world and understand the world and what that we don't and we are still learning about daily the reason i bring that up is because i fell into i've known about the game we've talked about this in the past um mongoose publishing publishes a version of traveler um and it's the second edition it came out in 2016 they had a, a new version of the core Rulebook come out in 2022 and yeah um i didn't know a ton about the gaming system it was no. not something that was on my radar um i was familiar with it i've wanted to get someone on to talk about it like like um mark miller who devise the original version be of it, awesome. Um, but I don't remember the context in which I um, decided to.
1: Yeah, gra- I mean, all of a I, sudden you just it, start texting me like, "Traveler, traveler, traveler."
0: Yeah, and so, well, I got into it, and that's because I got into looking at the character creation process. Uh-huh. I think what I think what it was was that I was looking at this from multiple systems perspectives and. Building a character in Traveler can in many ways be as much fun as an episode of playing the game itself. And yeah, well said. And there are so many great examples online. The most recent one I watched is the one from um Glass Cannon. Yep. Um yep. where Voyagers of the Jump, I think is what it is. Yes. Um that they um, had it's about nine, ten months old now. It actually came out in what August. T- oh August, August, o- of,
1: August to October of twenty two, right? Yep.
0: Yeah and there's a 10 episode arc of them playing
1: it. And if you if you guys aren't familiar with the Glass Cannon network, uh you you all need to listen. Yeah. They listening to the and I I say this, I'm just going to interject this if you don't mind, listening to them and, and the original GCP is one of the things that got me back into role playing.
0: Yeah. And they did a full it, I've I have gone between Star Trek Adventures um Modern Age and The Expanse with the Age mechanic and now Traveller um not to mention some of the other little things that I've been working on on the side I have yeah. spent way too much time in game in the gaming realm over I'd say the past 10 days and if I'm not careful um my wife will will have my hide but um just from the time the amount of time luckily for me it it's just it's not been a cost issue it's just been a time issue yeah just because i have gone down the traveler rabbit hole so more to come on that um there's i i there's i i got a hold of some there was um the mongoose the blueprints book with all the different blueprints to the ships um i showed that to my son last night and he's like and i haven't even told you this i showed this to my son he's like you know, I may want to play this. Oh, this is pretty cool. And then I showed him some other material I had, and he goes, "Yeah, I, I think once you get comfortable with it, I think I might want to try playing this." And that parlayed itself into, "Hey, my son's name is Trent. Trent, do you know that that we get a lot of this with playing Star Trek or even playing The Expanse?" And he goes, "Okay, well, next time you play, let me know. Maybe I'll listen." Oh, um, and so. Now this is a he's a 19 year old engineering student at university who also works pretty much full time now. Um, so thus, with otherwise good judgment. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't understand what. Yeah. But he's right. also he's also you know I, you and I talk about this. We are very lucky that our kids, even at the ages they're at now, uh, still aren't at a point where they think we are completely uncool or uncouth. Um, Not yet. You know, he and I went and saw the new Guardians movie on Thursday. Yeah, he'll still cool. he'll still go see the Marvel and the all the movies with me and all of yep. that.
1: Yep. Um and
0: he might actually want to play a game at some point.
1: So all right. It well, might be
0: a one and done. It might he might all of a sudden fully realize what he's walked himself into once he's on the table with us. That's
1: but, okay. That's you know. okay. Um, well, you know, you all will be among the first to know if mm-hmm. that happens, because we will we will have a full postmortem <laughs> oh, yeah. uh on this podcast if that happens. All right, everybody. On that note, as always, be well, stay well. we'll oh, wait, before see... you go. Uh oh. Before we go, oh, I have you... to
0: do one thing because we haven't done it in a while because you sent these to me.
1: Oh, you know, know it's why. funny you're gonna do this. I was thinking the same thing tonight. There. Did you hear did you hear it? Do it again by the mic. Did you do it? No, no, Uh no. Zoom has too good a filtering. Brad is trying to roll dice in a tray. Oh, no, no, kudos okay. to Zoom's AI. They
0: are, oh. st- they are the Star Trek Adventures, yeah, dice. So, a uh, dice set. Well, the that was quite
1: dice- the denouement to our episode. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, actually, though, no, it does, it does, uh, it does allow us to uh to say this though before which we almost forgot um this will not be the last time you hear from mr jim johnson on this (laughs) podcast uh plans are already in the works for a fifth interview as early as later this summer brad and i are currently shopping for the promised smoking jacket Oh, by so, the way,
0: I just got your text saying, let's go to the GM corner. I have an idea that now you well, now
1: I've completely wait, broken the fourth I was going to say about to, the,
0: the backstory production that you never hear about with our game.
1: yes, everyone's so, listening, thinking yes, production in air quotes. all right. <laughs> we're going to try to wrap this up for a fourteenth time. Be well, stay well. We will see you all in a couple of weeks.